K's, two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, damn, we got a Yo! Yo! Welcome back to the podcast dojo, baby. To enter and battle. And then to show up the next week and talk about the stuff we talk about. This is Black on Both Sides. You know what it is. Uh, I want half your host, King Kuta 3X. I'd like to reintroduce you to my ace in the hole, my toucan Sam, my right-hand man. My ace boon coon, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> cool, man. I guess so. <laughs> Look, we know where we're now. Universe accepted. Mr. Bias, what's up, B? What's going on, man? <sighs> you know, today is the 5th of May. Cinco you know de Stinko. That means. Cinco de Stinko. Cinco de Mayo, baby. <laughs> on this day, Hundreds of years ago, um, Mexican Jesus laid down his life and died for our sins. And as a result of that, we celebrate by, by drinking lots of beverages and having all the nachos for his, for, for his, uh, for his sacrifice. Right. That's not it? <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, you know I, I heard something that said that a large majority of most Americans from Cinco de Mayo have actually, absolutely no idea what the fuck Cinco de Mayo is actually uh, commemorating. Do you know, B? I don't know. Wow. Wow. On this day, in about the 1800s, the aughts, mid-1800s or so, Mexico defeated uh, the French in a battle. Uh, it was a very important battle for the fuck they were doing then. And so Cinco de Mayo comm- uh, commemorates the win by Mexico against the uh, French Empire in the 1860s. Oh, wow. Something that, that Haiti could never do. Shout out to well, Frank not, not for free. Yeah. You shout him out. I ain't heard from him all week. Shout out to a friend of the show. Podcast brethren. Hopefully he has all of his organs still intact. Right. Prince Reginald. I actually, oh, no. I actually missed that guy, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's like having, it's like, you know, having like, you know, really, fuck it. It's like having a dog. You kind of like, but don't really like. Oh, God. And then one day, the dog's not there. You're like, damn, man. I miss my friend. Wow. It's always there. Wow. Just those innocent eyes ready to take whatever you put into that into that brain and regurgitate it. Right. The naivety. And eventually agree with you on literally everything. Anyway. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> okay. I should say, uh, so about a week ago, you did a thing on one of your other podcasts. And I think that you probably believe that that thing caused you to maybe not quite be as sharp as you normally would for a podcast. Right. You, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So hypothetically, King Kunta may be coming out of a thing. <laughs> oh God! And see, that's the thing. Why? That's the reason why King Kunda doesn't like certain things. Um, delivery mechanisms. Hypothetically, when you ingest something, it would probably have a much different effect than, say, you. I don't know, inhaled it or smoked it. So, 
in the words of my favorite auntie, listeners, be honest, I want today, you know, I know you've been patient, but I want you to take all mistakes from King Kuta today for love. Okay. <laughs> so I don't mean nothing but the best for all the listeners out there, all the way, 100%. So, uh, yeah, I, so, I basically, I basically hypothetically didn't take that much, and I was not that great. So I can imagine how much a person who can who does it legally could take. I would say, you know, at this moment, for me myself personally, right now, I'm about you know one third J smooth. <laughs> okay, it's not that bad then. No, it shouldn't be. It should be fine. It should it should be fine. We're gonna be fine. Yeah. Yesterday, I, I wound up getting to a full J smooth. And uh, that was not fine. That was not fine. <laughs> yeah. You got to listen to the other show, listeners. You have to listen to the other show. So we're talking about the most recent uh, Tuesday and Friday episode of the No Nonsense Show. Right. Um, and I'm going to say, you know, you, you, you probably can't. It's like Avengers, Infinity War, Endgame. You really can't get the full appreciation <laughs> for one without the other. <laughs> so... Are you sure about that? I don't know about that. Fair enough. Anyway, so so let's just jump right on into it. All so, right. be honest, it's not where I really wanted to go with the show, but because you seem so rare to go, it sounds to me as if you have some sort of opinion about Avengers you'd like to share with the rest of us who all should have seen it at least by once now. Well, or not some liquor for to, for Tony Stark. What? Did I did I did not say spoilers? You didn't say spoilers, but you kind of threw me off. You, that's why. So, you, kind of, yeah. you kind of threw me off last week, though, because you made it seem like forty people died, and so I'm looking for this like mass extinction extinction of um, of uh, Avengers and you know Marvel characters and stuff because you made it seem like only two or three people that were on the books for next next uh, you know release schedule made it. So I'm thinking like, oh shit, they about to do away with all these niggas. That that's something I'm here for, right? Because any you know anytime nerds cry, I love it. I want to see that. So I'm watching the shit. It took me four days to watch it first of all because it's three hours long and what the fuck does that even mean how is that possible oh you're saying you didn't watch it in the movie theater oh no 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 i'm not paying for the avengers sorry that's really is that's nerd shit i'm not paying for the avengers i got that shit because i was um you know uh leonflix.net that's where i watched it so um so the band geek says he he of course would not pay money to watch the uh, avengers no, okay. I, I, y'all got me on Black Panther. I paid for that dumb shit, and I wish I hadn't. But yeah, so I'm thinking that this is about to be mass extinction of of you know more than half of the Avengers. I'm like, oh fuck, then there's probably a great story that goes to this, right? So it turns out the story was, I even I even said, you know what? Let me not just go into this blindly. Let me not go into it just watching Infinity. I mean, um, in, uh, Endgame. Let me go back and watch Infinity War because that's on Netflix right now. I'm like, okay, I can watch that. Maybe it'll give me uh, the ability to piece together some things so I'm not just flying blind, right? So I watched that and. It turns out you do have to watch Infinity War, in my opinion, to have any idea how even the open, opening sequence of Endgame is important. You have to know why every half the people are gone, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, they do explain it, but it's not great. Anyway, it turns out that this is three hours long. Endgame is three hours long. Now, in a three-hour movie, you would expect there to be some really, really great plot developments and, uh, you know, character arcs and whatever. What I'm hearing now is that I had to watch 22 other motherfucking movies to get these arcs to make sense. What the fuck is three hours for then? I felt like it was really just a chance to... Endgame to me was a high school reunion. 
So everybody that you haven't seen in 10 years or whatever comes back and who's got a good job, who's got a fat wife. That's, that's what Endgame was to me. And there was no real plot. They brought the motherfuckers back only to then have a big battle. And yeah, the battle is huge, but Tony Stark dies, Iron Man dies or whatever. And just, I, did, I didn't feel as sad as the nerds felt. And the nerds were like, oh, I, I cried my eyes out. It was dusty in the theater. It was just the, the most amazing movie because it was so well put together. And I didn't see any of that. I was a little a little disappointed, almost as much as I was disappointed by the um, uh, Game of Thrones episode three from season eight. And we can talk about that too if you like. But I was I was disappointed. I didn't feel like there was any real meat there. It, was, it almost felt like a Fast and the Furious franchise uh, sequel where it's just hey we're gonna have a lot of hot cars, couple of t- couple of pretty chicks, a dude with his shirt off, and maybe Ludacris is gonna tell two jokes, and that's the movie. Are you done or are you finished? I'm done, man. To, to, to the rebuttal, let me hear what you got to say about this shit because I don't get it. Be honest, just one week ago, I called you my right my right hand. I still mean that. Okay, that was. You know that as a staff, a record label, as a motherfucking crew, I respect a lot of what you stand for. You know that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, even when I don't agree with what you're saying. Often. I still, there's a logic in how you got there that I could see how maybe someone could find themselves in that place. You know that. Right. All that being said, this is really not one of those situations. Um, listeners, if you're going to show up to Avengers Endgame only seeing a handful of other Marvel movies, probably not even in order, and thinking that just because you see uh, Avengers Infinity War, that's going to help you, it's not the case. It's, it's not for you. It's not. It's not. It's not for you. What, what, what you're doing, what Beyonce did, was you jumped into the last Harry Potter book after only watching the second Harry Potter. So yeah, some shit done changed. Some loose ends got tied. And so let me tell you what Avengers Endgame was about. Um, It's about the core six Avengers, the first six, the first six characters. Each of those characters completed those character arcs. That's why all the other people that are Avengers now and Avengers to be and hangers on, they're they're not really that important to the story because they're not fulfilling their character arcs. Um, In fulfilling your character arc, there's going to be callbacks to how the character got there. And this movie did a great job, in my opinion, of, of kind of showing us, doing a victory lap and showing us, you know, remember when we did this, remember when we did that, and here's why it's all important. So, you know, it was great to see these characters' arcs come to an end. And listeners, as you know, if you don't know by now, you go know today of the original six Avengers. Tony's dead. Captain America is off the table. He's not dead, but he's very, he's very, 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 very fucking old. Thor is now off planet, uh, going on, on adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy indefinitely. Black Widow, she's dead. Clint, Hawkeye, nobody gives a fuck about him. You know what, Russo Brothers, we still don't give a fuck about him. He remains. Hulk has been damaged beyond repair. He's not going to heal. The Affinity Gauntlet's kind of like magic. You're not going to heal from that shit. So the original six Avengers, the only Avenger you have left 
that's on planet Earth and capable of answering any call is Hawkeye. And everybody fucking hates Hawkeye. I don't so this him. was a very, 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 uh, you know, it was a very, very important set of events to focus on those core six Avengers. And he, starting with that first Avenger who opened the Marvel Universe and closed it with Tony Stark. Open, grand opening, grand closing, and all. And so that was pretty cool. So if you want to watch um, Endgame and you haven't already, I suggest you watch the other previous uh, 20 movies. What? Nobody's going to watch all that shit. Only, the only people who are going to watch that have already seen it. Trust me. Trust me when I tell you that. Well, be honest, a lot of fucking people have seen it. A lot of fucking people saw the movie. You know, they've already grossed over a billion dollars. I heard it was two billion now. Yeah, we're at twos. We're in the twos now. Yeah. I think it's got a good shot at maybe uh, hitting three. We'll see. But I believe it's going to crack Avatar. It's going to beat Avatar. Avatar is at 2.7 billion uh, worldwide. And I think that Avengers is going, to, is going to surpass that. Three is not a joke. Like, is this movie could gross three billion dollars before the run's over. I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like it's, it's got all the it hit all the points. It's just you know, for me, I needed more. That's all. <sighs> the heart wants what the heart wants. I, I saw uh, I saw all three yeah. of the Iron Mans. By the way, so you, if anyone would have, if there was anyone who I would have an attachment to in that series, it would be Iron Man. And I I just didn't feel it. I, Did you see the Spider? Uh, you, you saw an Iron Man interacted with Spider Man in the last Spider Man movie. In the last Spider-Man movie? Yep. No, because that's who watches that. That's really gay. Yeah, because Spider-Man? again, you've, you've watched the last Harry Potter and the second How Harry Potter. How many Spider-Men have there been? There have been like five Spider-Men. Like, who, who has different. time? Who has time? Who has time? Lots of people. Millions. Mm. Millions of people. So, yeah. it was a great way, you know, to me, it was, it was just masterful how they managed to close <laughs> all of these loopholes for the Core Six Avengers and do all these callbacks to the other 20 movies and even push the ball forward on some of the characters we have. And so, you know, this to me, you know, was it a perfect movie? What is? It's not. Could I nitpick it? I could. But what is that going to, what is that going to get me? Not much. Was it a great Everything movie, though? Was it a great it, movie? Got hit. Except I needed to see more of King T'Challa, even though I understand he's not one of the original six Avengers. When they gave him that gauntlet, I was waiting for him to put the gauntlet on. He did not. If you are into comic books, you know that both Tony Stark, King T'Challa, and Hulk have worn that Infinity Gauntlet and survived. So What gauntlet? The, the, little, the little glove? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Avengers Endgame. Deonis doesn't like it. But hey, I didn't say I didn't like it. Because they've made over almost two, $2 billion. I didn't so say I didn't like people it. People watching this, you should probably go see it for yourself. I didn't say I didn't like it, man. Come on. I just, you know, it just wasn't, I wasn't going to sit there crying and it's like, it wasn't that great. It was, eh. I've yeah, seen, well, I've seen better know. movies this year. Yeah. But, you know, again, this is a, uh, this is a book with chapters and this was the, uh, the epilogue of a great uh, chapter and you have skipped around. So I understand why it didn't hit for you. Yeah. You know what you know what didn't hit for me? What's that? And then all of a sudden it did. Mm-mm, them thrones, man. Mm. I'm confused now though. Other way around for me. I, I liked it the night I watched it. And then as the weeks passed by, you know, I saw some of the uh the disgruntled fans giving their commentary on on how ridiculous that episode was, and I started agreeing with them. And I hate that, but I did. So here's the deal. You know, I was stressed last Sunday, real stressed, watching this shit. I couldn't see shit. Screen was dark. 
Right. You know, they sent out all the, the blood riders with the magical swords and all of them shits went out. Yeah. Like, like somebody blowing out your birthday candle. Like ten, all that ten, shit went out. Ten dudes came back. <laughs> ten. Um, at best. Yeah, that's what I'm then saying. You had, then you had the, uh, the, the, <laughs> you had the unsullied. They don't take no losses. They were stepping back. <laughs> aren't they, they, aren't they gone? They was, they was, I thought they were gone. Yeah, man. Uh, they, they had some losses. Uh, Jon Snow. What did he even do this episode? Did he do anything in this episode other than not die? That's it. That's it. He fell off a dragon? Like, it's just like, what? This guy is... Uh... I'm not talking about some hard-to-kill shit. I'm talking about some, why ain't you dead yet shit. Right. He's already dead. Like, die or do something. Yeah. Yeah, this nigga was just almost fought a dragon. I'll put it that he almost fought a dragon. That's what he was doing. Right. Because he wasn't really fighting back. Well, uh, anyway, any event. Um, Daenerys. She's re- I'm ready for her to die, man. I'm so ready. It's time. It's past time. When Shad Dragon, when Drogon hit the Night King with the flames, with them nine shots. Right. And he looked up and smiled. I was like, ooh! Right. Oh shit. He emoted. Yeah, but that but but that was supposed to be something else. That was supposed to be foreshadowing or something. It, yeah. Very disappointed, King Coots. I'm very disappointed. All right, so clearly we can't walk through the episode because be honest, I'm ready to. No, that's yeah, fine. Okay. I, so I, I, just, I gave right, my opinion. So you keep doing it. As keep you going. know, the shit was all bad. All bad. Like Usher in that herpes case, he just settled for an undisclosed amount. It was all bad. And he's like, damn, everybody's going to die. I know everybody's going to die, but I know everybody's going to die, die. And it looks like everybody was going to die, die. And that little stupid-ass plan of using Brandon's bait worked like a champ. <laughs> the- that Theon fucking redemption arc is finally over. You can die dickless in the dirt, which he did. Man, look. When she did, when Arya did what she did, I shouted at my screen like fucking LeBron done hit game seven winner and brought a championship to the Lakers type of screen. Right. But you're right, be honest. I've sat with it and thought about the the mythology, the magical portion that's supposed to be a part of this world that we've been watching for these many years. It, It made it seem like to me that Jon Snow no longer fucking matters for any reason. Oh, God. He never fought the Night King. And he didn't kill... He he never fought the Night King. He didn't really, you know, do anything brave with the dragon. You know, I was debating on whether or not when Daenerys came in and saved him, she hit him with the dragon fire or just everything around him. I thought, I, you know, what do you think it was? When she came down and, and saved him that time, do you think she hit him directly with, with dragon fire? Or was it everything around him? She hit him directly. That's what I thought. So if that's the case, that would mean that he's, you know, un, unburned, unburnable with dragon fire, if that's the case. Right. But none of this shit matters. Now what? 
now we're gonna go play games with Cersei and her twenty thousand. No, 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 no. See, you can't even. I, like, I'm not. I'm not willing to just go there already. I'm just like you said. I was jumping ahead. The reason why I was jumping ahead is because this is the fucking. This is the fuck show, man. For uh, the very first, the very first scene of this whole entire fucking show is a dude in the in the forest, in the wintry forest, scared out of his mind. Because this dead ass thing is chasing him And they have like this whole ceremony thing set up So it's like it's freaky And they're dead And it's like a zombie And it's like you can't beat him And he cuts his head off Like that's the opening scene of the entire show What is that little ceremony thing Where they have like the, the body parts dismembered And put into a shape Like we're never going to know what that is What it, all, all the shit builds up There's babies being sacrificed to this 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 whole horde of dead people There's these children that, that created them with Dragon, there's like all of these levels and layers to this group of people. And I'm expecting there to be some payoff for all the time that we've been like, oh, winter is coming, winter is coming. Winter is coming, and it came in one episode, and fucking Arya killed him. Somebody who didn't even, Arya had no connection to the dead at all. Jon Snow's entire arc has been about getting people ready and prepared to fight this fucking group of people. And Arya, who hasn't ever even seen these things, is the one who ends up killing and and then killed it with some fucking die hard uh die hard way where the last second you see the evil villain's eyes get big and shit and then she stabs him underneath like what the fuck that like that is that that doesn't sit well with me I'm not willing to just swallow that like okay cool but well, you gonna have to eight episodes eight eight seasons eight seasons of of build up and we never get to know what the Night King like for breakfast so to me. This is, means clearly, well, to me, this, it could be this option. George R.R. R. Martin is not, is not writing the show. He's not. Not this season. Right. The showrunners are. And all the showrunners said they would try to pay homage and stick to what he wanted. To me, it clearly looks like the showrunners have said people really fucking like Cersei, Cersei's <laughs> character. Right. <laughs> And, you know... We do. I do. I do want to see that. I do, but... So, because people really like that, you know, because George R.R. has not finished the books or passed the books, I believe they took it... They decided to focus on what they believe they think that the popularity of the show is on, and that's the people relationships. So, I think that the showrunners decided to leave... George R. R. Martin's probable ultimate view and focus on what's hot. But no, but Kunta, okay, so I didn't read the books. However, I've done a little bit of YouTube um, research. You know, it doesn't take much to realize that it, the, the Night King was a bigger deal. He was never in the books, though. Everybody and tied to what's going on. The Night King wasn't in the books, Kunta. That's what I'm hearing. The Night King was not an actual character in the books. Well, the, there's a lot of a lot of characters that I mean, they still don't have Lady Stoneheart. We don't have her. But I'm the saying they, they, they wrote they wrote this motherfucker into the show. They wrote this motherfucker in the show. An end, like what you said, mythology ending, and we figured out a why did this happen. But that's not what we got, and I think we didn't. We don't get there because the showrunners have done the you know the polls, and they think that we are more concerned. We really want to see more of Cersei doing Cersei things. And so they decided to go this route and write it out and say, all right, you know, basically, you magic nerds, you're satisfied now, so the rest of us can focus on this story. 
It's like the it's like the guy who played the Night King got in trouble with the law or something. And they had to write his character off the show. That's how stupid that ending was, if you ask me. Well, they didn't tie any of the loose ends. So not like Endgame is what you're saying. I'm glad you said it, I didn't. But the truth of the matter is, all those things, all that, all that you're saying, imagine the opposite. So the opposite feeling is what I have over Endgame because they did tie all the loose ends. Right. Now, you know, it's not a perfect movie. Right. There's a time problem. Right. I believe Captain America has single-handedly, without asking anybody's permission, fucked up the entire timeline. <laughs> right. And all shit is different over because some, of him. Over some pussy. <laughs> right. No, but that's that's a good reason because he was in love and he did get fucked out of his, his whole relationship. I did happen shit to see happens, Captain man. America. I saw the first one and the second one, what I believe. You, here's what you either don't know or you forgot. Given you, I'm not sure. He dated her niece. Huh? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he dated her niece, and I think it was uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. It's like, dude, you really doing this shit? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, either, any event. So, if you're a fan of both Game of Thrones and Endgame, and, well, one, if you were a fan of either of those, you've seen them already. But for those who are and have not, you're going to have a much different feeling in Endgame and Game of Thrones. I just, you know, on the one hand, I fucking like Cersei as much as the next guy. Yeah. Or gal. Yeah. But they literally shat on all this mythical, magical shit involving the Night King. Winter's White coming. Walkers. Winter's uh, coming. Children, uh, what's it called? The Children of the Wilderness. All that shit's now gone, I guess. The whole, the whole show shit was Winter's coming. That was the, that was the show theme. You know what we learned about winter? It's a long-ass night. But you know what happens with nights? Usually, they, at some point, they're over. Yeah. So it's like, all right, shit, okay. Man, that winter was a motherfucker, but it's gone. See you in another thousand years. Oh, boy, anyway. That, I mean, These next three episodes is going to be about, you know, Cersei fuckery. I'm not, you know what's, what's sad, Kilton, is we're recording a little later tonight, so we're probably going to be recording into when Game of Thrones comes on, and I honestly don't give a fuck. That's how, I'm going to watch it later tonight at some point. That's how I you feel. You shut your mouth. That's a goddamn lie. <laughs> That's how I feel. You're, you're, you're upset. <laughs> don't, don't talk, don't get to talking crazy, to be honest. I'll watch it at some point tonight. That's how I feel. But you watching that shit tonight. Oh, no, definitely tonight, but at some point. At some point. <laughs> hey, does, speaking of which, expeditiously, does, uh, does, does Tiny have a, a single out right now? And if so, could you tell me why the fuck? I don't know that she does or not, but um, I never, quite as kept, I never liked Escape, ever. I always thought they sounded awful. Candy's voice was annoying to me, and she was the lead singer, really. The fat girl. Do you think the, she was the lead singer? The fat she girl was way the, better. She might have been the lead look, but she wasn't the lead singer. Uh, no, no, no. All, look at all the hits. She was the lead singer in all the hits. All the originals, she was the singer. And you know, she was like... She, I don't say she's the lead singer. I thought at, at best, they would have two or three nah. in one of the hits. Nah, she it wasn't, was... It'd never just be one person. Though it, I do remember one of her hits. She was the first singer... And she was highlighted in the first portion of the video. Watch the video. That's what I'm saying. She's always the for- first in front. And I guess it's because she was the most attractive of them all. But well, you uh, know, conditioning and whatnot. She's light-skinned and et cetera. She's not light-skinned. But she was the, she was, you talking about Tiny or, or Candy? Tiny. 
Oh, no, no, no. Candy was the lead singer. That's what I'm talking about. I Why thought, are you talking about Candy when I was talking about Tiny? Because I said I never liked Escape, but even and even Candy, her her voice was the most annoying. She was the lead singer. Tiny was never the lead singer. I, I don't know. No, no, no. The, the big chick, the big black chick, she sang, she did a lot of li- heavy lifting on most of the songs. Well, no, but she did, but she was never considered the forefront. Like because she was, she big. She was big, big and got skinny. Her sister was skinny and got big. But no matter what they did with those two, they kind of were out of the picture. Tiny was light skinned so she got to play up front every now and then. Candy was really the one who was the one, and that's why Candy they was the was the is Candy was is I don't know if they're together or not. The left eye Lopez of that group. Uh, what do you mean by that? She's the heartbeat of the group. She writes their shit. Yeah, She's yeah. creative direction, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah. So Escape was never one of my groups that I was like, oh man, that's a jam. So when you're telling me that Tiny has a new yeah, single, you just lay back, kick back, enjoy the ride. Didn't, didn't like that song. I never liked that song. My <sighs> favorite, my favorite song by them was a remake. Who do I run to or whatever? Who can? Who can I run to? Yeah, that was my favorite song by them. I didn't like any of that other shit. They whined. That is my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah, so I was never an Escape fan, but the fact that you're telling me Tiny has a new song out, first of all, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known that, and second of all, that's I, a little crazy given how you live in the in the A. That's a little crazy. No, nah, it's actually not. I don't think people in the A are checking for that, really. That's so. why. That's why I said, "Why the fuck? Who is this for?" I have no idea. She's oh, got to be forty something now, I would guess. She's got to be in her forties. Um, and we now understand how she talks, so there's that too. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people in Atlanta talk like that, so that's not... Do they? Yeah, there's, Atlanta's, Atlanta proper is a, is a, (sighs) my people, my people. Yeah, better you than me. (laughs) But in any event, uh, yeah, so, expeditiously, um, it looks like they've fucked up the building blocks of Game of Thrones to tell what they think is a better story. So we'll see where they go with it. Tonight better be fucking stupendous. It better be sensational tonight. Mm. Or tomorrow you're going to have a, a a mad be honest in slack. I'll tell you like that. I'm going to be shitting on Game of Thrones season one through seven and eight. Showdown. Let's get to some more of these streets. What's hiding in the streets? Man, you see that where Nipsey Hussle's sister filed for legal guardianship of his daughter. Did you see that? I didn't. Wow. That's that's striking. I thought that there was the perfect they were the perfect couple. What's going on over there in in Jesusville? Well, like Mary Magdalene, Jesus did not marry Lauren London. They were not married, so you know, no parental rights were imparted to Lauren London um before Nipsey's untimely death. Oh, that's so not that's not Lauren's kid. Real, Situation, a real issue the family is facing. So that's not Lauren's kid. No. Oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah, she shouldn't keep it. No, it's Nipsey's oldest daughter. Yeah, she got to go. And uh, apparently, um, uh, it was turned down by the court because proper notice wasn't given to the the little girl's mother. And I don't know anything about the situation. I don't. But you know, it's kids probably got a lot of money coming. I don't. I hate to say it that way, but there's a reason. Well, no, don't give me the line. I don't know about what's going on with their situation. There must be some important reason that that Nipsey's sister feels the mother can't be trusted for her to try to apply for legal guardianship. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, 
So now okay. Lauren London can do it, but you no, know, no, 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 that's not her kid. That's weird. So okay, so I, I, exactly, I'm getting the story halfway sideways. I get it now. So what you're saying is Nipsey Hussle's daughter, prior to him being with Lauren London. Um, is living currently living with her biological mother, not Lauren London, and the sister of Nipsey. No, I'm not saying that. I don't know what their what their their uh, their actual uh, schedule of custody was worked out. No idea. Okay, got you. I- I'm saying that for whatever reason, it's not going to the real mama. The sister wants the baby. For whatever reason, the sister wanted to interject herself between the legal relationship of Nipsey's baby's mama. And Nipsey's daughter. Wow. And it was denied because of lack of notice to the mother. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. You know, I, I have no reason to believe or think that Nipsey had complete custody. Maybe he did. Don't know. Don't know. All I know is that, you know, unfortunately, Nipsey did, you know, leave things behind for his children. And, you know, People could be motivated for improper motives for that, or people yeah. could have not been great parents before that. Yeah. Who knows? It's all I know is that's probably going to get ugly at some point. Yeah, it's sad because it's sad because parents aren't always the best parents. But how much of that is just that there's no manual to being a parent and making simple or normal mistakes that someone from the outside looking in can just overjudge and make it seem like it's bigger than it is. And how you much mean like that- when Tony Stark was talking to his dad, Howard Stark, about raising kids? Because that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, you know what? That was actually a dope scene. I like that scene. Yes, the fuck it was. Yeah, that was actually a dope scene. But um, I, I think that a lot of times there are parents— you know, that make mistakes and do things incorrectly when it comes to raising children because there's no manual and we all make mistakes and we're all human, we're all flawed. And there's a difference in that and being a negligent parent. So if someone is looking from the outside looking in, of course they say, oh, well, that bitch ain't perfect. She ain't doing this. She ain't doing that. She ain't, she ain't always paying attention to our kids. Yeah, but a lot of people don't pay attention to their kids. That's not a negligent parent though. Not paying attention to your kid is not being negligent. Leaving your kid at the house by themselves with the door open and you're gone for 45 years at, at work at night, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's negligence. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a nighttime job and you leave your kids at home by themselves... I to, get what you're saying, man. Yeah. I, I, just for me right now, I'm, I'm not ready to label the, the mother negligent. I don't know anything right. about their right. relationship. I just know that that little girl is probably going to have... Cake. Uh, uh, money coming to her. Yeah. And I would... I'm guessing that might be part of the reason. Right. Or, you know, or it could be a bad relationship. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea whether or not Nipsey had full custody or not. Because even if he did, we'd still be in the situation. Well, you know, the the fuckery has to come. I just like, I heard that they're charging to get into the parking lot of of the... um, Shopping Plaza now. That may be a rumor. I don't know. That's what I heard, though. So, you know, the fucker is about to start. It has to. That's the way life is. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Um, speaking of fuckery, the game wrote a poem for Miss Lauren London <laughs> in which he poured out his feelings about true love and relationships to give her comfort during her time with need. I read four lines of it. B. <laughs> Shot or nah? Um, no, I'm gonna say no. It wasn't a shot. I don't think. I don't think his. I don't think his focus. It, it was a shot, but not at Lauren London. 
it was a shot at everyone else. I'll allow it. He's trying. I'm just saying it's just, you know, how often could you imagine someone writing a love letter or a poem for uh, Coretta Scott King, like, you know, about a month after they didn't put Dr. Martin Luther King in the ground? I could imagine it, and it'd be weird, though. But I could imagine it. But you understand this is weird. It, no, it's very, no, but no, no, stop. But we don't, that, we've gone way past where weird started with game. Day one, the game was weird. Like the whole thing, the getting his tat, getting the tattoo, getting um the Lamborghini with the uh with the wrap or the spray paint on the front, the, the uh having his saying his son's birthday was like okay, so it's Tuesday morning. My son woke up, it's his birthday. I asked him what he wanted to do. He said he wanted to go ride and listen to Nipsey and just pay respects to him. What? Like it's it's just it's been way. And didn't he get a prolific tattoo? Two. He got a prolific tattoo. He got Nipsey's face. The game is doing some weird shit, and it's just weird, period. But like I'm saying, I don't think his shot is at Lauren. His shot is at the people. Let me tell you some L.A. stuff. From a one transplant, been here since 2008. I'm getting a Nipsey tattoo. You're getting one? Yep. Oh, my God. It's not going to be of his face, because somehow I'm get a picture of another man's face. What are you getting? His, his dick? What are you getting tattooed on you? It's fucking ridiculous. The 60s out in Georgia that might be on our listeners. Let's keep it. So I'm actually going to get the victory lap uh, flags. The marathon continues because I understand what that message means. What does it mean? So that's very, very inspirational. What does it mean? It's like life. It's a metaphor for life and not stopping and not getting bogged down and staying singularly focused. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and just not quitting. That's one of the things that Nipsey said, the difference between him and his success, the thing that made him stand out was only his refusal not to give up under any circumstances. Right. So you could just get a tattoo that said, don't quit, right? Yeah. So it's one of those. It's not another nigga's face. Okay, That's different. That's some different shit. It's not another nigga's exact tattoo. Well, thinking about prolific. Is game prolific? Uh, Game is one of my favorite rappers Is he prolific? He's one of my favorite active rappers If he's not prolific He's not Can he get to prolific? He's not and will never be He could drop a lot of mixtapes Nah, nah He could No, because that's not his message He's, 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 he's To me, Game is really I think he's a dope rapper But he's he's never gonna be more than just a dope rapper He's a better rapper than Nipsey. His songs Wait, are... Hold the fuck. I just realized... See, listeners, remember early in the show, I was talking about, you know, some hypotheticals and how my, you have to take all mistakes for love in this podcast. We're talking about... We're supposed to be talking about the game shoot a shot at Lauren London or not. Right. And now we debating this nigga's career as whether he's prolific or not. I don't give a fuck about that. Did he? I I don't know. Perhaps they were friends. That's the only way this makes sense. If they don't, if they're just passers-by, you know, when do you write a love song for another woman in her relationship? That's some weirdo shit to me. Here's here's the thing with him also is that past weeks he's been shouting out women that he smashed before, so. Is that what that is? Is that is it like maybe they had a relationship at some point and now he's trying to 
offset maybe some guilt he's feeling or something. And he's, I don't think he wants that type of heat. He's channeling he's channeling it a different way because he was just talking about other dude like I think Joe Budden's girl or something. He was he's been out there talking some some wild shit re- really really recently. Maybe he needed to leave that booger sugar alone. Just saying. Uh, I don't know. Hypothetically, I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. Don't come for me, game. I ain't sin for you. <laughs> Remember, we got the truce going. <laughs> Remember, Nipsey. That's not what he would want. <laughs> um. Oh boy. Speaking of truces, man. So the beehive's upset, and I'm not talking about the B sides or anything Beyonce related. I'm talking about Beyonce's beehive. Heard about this? I haven't. What are they mad about now? Yeah, yeah, I dropped it in the slack. So at the Billboard Awards, Taylor Swift came out with drums, and she tried her best to hit those poses and sixes that seemed eerily close to Beyonce's uh, latest little production. Um, that dropped her on Netflix. Yeah, Homecoming or whatever. Home, Beyonce's Homecoming. It's not the first time Taylor's done this. Do you know if she copied uh, shit, what is it? The one with Big Frida, the Beyonce video with Big Frida. No, I didn't. I don't. I don't have no idea what you're talking about. Was that the uh, the Lemonade song that features Serena? Nope, no idea. I'm not a Beyonce fan, so I don't. I don't know the videos. God damn it. I'm going to have to look this up now because you're... I know the one where right. she's walking down the street busting shit with a bat. I know that Not video. that one. There's the one... It's the famous one where she's in the all black, the voodoo hat shit. Oh, the one that's in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, that Formation. One. Formation. CB listeners. King Kuta has no problem with the LGBTQ community and supports them. But that right there, the fact that I could not remember what the fuck Formation was. Not built for that life, man. I'm not. Anyway, um, <laughs> spoke to you know. It's, I'm just you know. Hey, you know, do you? I just can't. I can't. I can't be that obsessed. And I like Beyonce a lot. She's from Houston. I'm from near Houston. Uh, but yeah, the formation video. So Taylor Swift copied that. She's she's copying all this Beyonce imagery. Uh huh. So you know what I got to thinking? Oh, and, and so the Billboard Awards got a marching band. Uh, unlike Beyonce, who practiced this shit, was it 10 hours a day every... Uh, Can't match what, that. What, a year, eight months? Can't match that. Go ahead. So her drummers look like they got that call that fucking day. Right. And they look like they were in, like, you know, not drumline march band, but raisins in the potato salad. Band. Core style is what they call that drum, that drums, that that I guess the way that they're set up. There's high steppers. I defer, I defer to your band. I defer to the. Uh, well, I'm just saying. Uh, so local band geek. Let me explain. Know. Let me explain what I mean. So they're high steppers, which would be like your Bethune Cookman, um, you know, your Grambling State, like those types of schools. And then you have something like uh, Texas, 
which would be a core style where they march like on their toes and their and their their toes and their in their heels, and they go from toes to heels. Their knees never come up. Whereas Gremlin is gonna put their knees way up in the air when they march, and it's some it's some real cool nigga shit. And core style is like, yeah, Jesus Christ, Beyonce. Putting people to fucking sleep. So some different shit. White people band. They, she got some white people band people, and they were not hitting them sixes, them sevens, them eights, none of them shits. Right. Yeah, and then she came out wearing a dress that looked like Beyonce's boots. Right. And it's like you know, Pete, you know, what in the Mayo Cella is going on? Mayo I'm sick and tired of, of Taylor Swift just blatantly copying <sighs> uh, Beyonce's shit. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like she's not. She's not even ashamed of this shit. Yeah, yeah. What did she think was going to happen? She hit the exact same pose as when Beyonce, as when Beyonce comes out. Yeah, what yeah, the fuck yeah. are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got You know what's funny about you saying this is that Beyonce's entire career was, okay, Pat, post uh, Destiny's Child. Well, no, no, because she was kind of already doing it in Destiny's Child. Yeah, but let's say this. even 50 episodes. Are you going to put us, <laughs> us are you going to, this is what you're going to do with us in B.I.? Post. This is what you going to do? Post. Post. You got to text people before you do shit like this, Beyonce. Post Destiny's Child. do not represent King Kuta 3X. Proceed, Mr. Honest. Hypothetically. Post Destiny's Child, Beyonce kind of changed up her style. Guess where Beyonce got her entire fucking thing from? She didn't invent that. Do you remember a little pretty little brown skinned girl named Amory? Ooh, Amory. It's this one thing that's got me tripping. That is Beyonce's entire career. Tell me I'm lying. Think about it for a second and tell me I'm lying. Don't put this on me, uh, be honest. Don't put this on me. Think about it for a second and tell me that I I'm not. I know what you're talking about. And I can see some slight, you know, um, similarities, uh-huh. particularly to the first album. Nah, every album, the ones that really, the ones that really crack, Kunta, think about it. The ones that really crack got that feel to them. And it's that... Well, Amor- it's, a, it's a girl power, powerful, uplifting. It's like how, it's like your view of church music and the effects it has on people that hear right, it. Right, it's hit. It's operating at a certain, you know, positive, I feel good, empowered, particularly if I have ovaries type of octave. I would be willing to bet the Illuminati and Beyonce gathered up A. Marie's career and shit on it because she would not sell that song to Beyonce first. I'm just guessing here. It may be a rumor I've heard somewhere, but I'm just going to say I'm guessing. Here's the thing. A. Marie's- Hypothetically, A. Marie Kunta may have a homeboy who worked on a case involving the very song you're talking about <laughs> and where they claim that A. Marie stole it from. Oh, okay. That's great. That's good information. So where did she get it from? Okay. Uh, hypothetically. So the, the hi- hypothetically, the hook comes. That's that sample. What was his name? Was Harold something? That sample. Ramsey Lewis. No. Harold Melvin. Not Harold Melvin. You know, listeners, I'll Google and get back to you. But there was a there was a black uh, soul performer in the late seventies that uh, had that has that break. You know, remember this is one thing. Yeah. Right. That part. That part's in a whole other song. So hypothetically, yeah, but she didn't make the beat. I'm talking about play on that song. Hypothetically, the play on that song was to bust bust the original black artist 
and claim that his songs sound very similar to something from the Rolling Stones that has a similar, but not quite the same sound. He was pro person. I know he was. So there's this there's this uh, idea that Beyonce may have sampled the meters for this one thing, but there's actually. Another artist, they claim that she sampled them for that. But, you know, but back to what Bia was saying, that's not, she didn't put that song together. And she just put her struggle vocals over top of it. Yeah, that, know, and see, that's it. the real thing here. Beyonce's a 25,000 time better singer than Amory. But Is that really saying a lot, though? No, because Amory wasn't that great as a singer. She's just a pretty girl. She's just a pretty brown-skinned girl with, like, long legs. They walk real good in the video. And But I'm saying, though, the whole vibe, though, I think Beyonce kind of just snatched that vibe and made it 50 times better, but she snatched that vibe. So Taylor Swift taken from Beyonce, I'm not so mad about that because I know for a fact that Beyonce doesn't write most of the stuff she has 36% of on publishing. Well, I'll leave it, and that's not a rumor. I'll leave it at that. Again, listeners, views and opinions. King Kunta respects and appreciates the Beehive and and B and J for what they do with the community. Don't come for me. I didn't sing for you. Oh no, let me let me let me don't get it twisted. If I wrote a record that Beyonce took and want, and when I say took, I'm not saying she stole from me. I'm saying that she accepted. Like, say it was going to be on the next album. And she said, hey, I know I didn't write shit, but I'm going to get 36% of this publishing. I'm giving Beyonce 37%. I'm going to give her one extra percent just for as an extra thank you. Because whatever percent I get of a Beyonce record is going to be fucking amazing. So don't get me wrong when I say her taking 36% is a, necessarily a bad thing. It's just she's, she's very good at taking stuff that's not hers. That's all I'm saying. Again, listeners, um, again, views and opinions. It's Mr. Be Honest. I'm not King Kunta 3X. I'm certainly not at least 50% of black on both sides. But don't, don't at me. Don't holler at me. Don't, you know, I'm not in this. But in any event, fuck you, Taylor Swift. You unremarkable <laughs> white woman. Try harder. What? You're saying Taylor Swift's not remarkable? No, 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 no. Stop, 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 sir. Taylor Swift writes her own shit. She's a writer songwriter. Sure. She's a singer songwriter. No, it's How not sure. Know? It's not sure. Taylor Swift is a remarkable How artist you know? as well. How do I know? How do you know she's not doing the same thing you accuse Beyonce of doing? Because I she's know. She's got similar market power and the sphere that she works in. Because she's a singer songwriter. Beyonce is not a singer songwriter. There's a difference in those things. Have you, at, you sitting here as if. I don't think you're ready for this jelly was not a lyric in a number one uh, chart topping <laughs> song written by one Beyonce. She didn't write that. Carter. She didn't write that. Listen, listen. She didn't man. write, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> you clearly <laughs> did not watch the MTV special on that where she said, yes, I wrote, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. She also said she wrote Irreplaceable. It. And then Neo got on a radio station and sang it and played you his version that he gave to her. And she, re- and she, that's what, okay, this is what it is. And where is Neo at these days? Neo is like a motherfucker. Neo is chilling. Neo don't care. He made many hits after Irreplaceable. He got on the radio and played the, the reference. Right? That's called a reference. He sang the reference and then he sold it to Beyonce's camp. Beyonce goes in, learns the song, and then re-sings it with her voice. Wait, so, what's that, that guy do with anything? Neo is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. I was going to say of our generation. But no, sure. no, no, no. Neo was one of the greatest songwriters of all time. No shit. No, what do you call it? No cap. No cap. Neo is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. There are only a can, few can, of them. Can I, can I drop something in here? Sure. Um, 
listeners, the Rare Science Podcast, the Rare Science Network, you can learn a lot of shit fucking with us. For a long, long time, I've been hearing the Utes talk about no cap. And that's cap. Because Kunta's from Texas, he thought that was somehow related to high capping. I know how to use that in a sentence. But until one of my rare sentence podcast brethren explained what cap was, I wasn't a thousand percent sure. <laughs> and I can't wait to run cap and all its many variations all the way into the fucking ground. <laughs> no cap. Right. That's straight facts. No fiction. Resume. Sorry. No. I was just saying Neo is one of the greatest songwriters of all. There are only a few. You know, no cap. Diane Warren. I would say I would say Lionel Richie. Uh Neo. Yeah. Who else? Who'd you say? I didn't. I was kept saying no cap because it's it's a fun thing to say. Oh, Len- um, Lennon, Lennon, um Lennon McCartney. There are there are some great songwriters in, in history, and Neo is one of them, is all I'm saying. Including one Robert Kelly. I would say that Robert Kelly is not one of the greatest songwriters of all and time. And you're going to be fucking wrong. So I, that's a good, interesting segue. You know how R. Kelly had problems? And then he had problems, problems. And then he said it's all bad. And then he said we was trying to kill him. You know, you know what's worse than all that shit? What? The feds is on your ass. The feds are looking for more videos and shit. The feds is trying to hit him with a human trafficking charge. Ooh. That nigga, that nigga gonna die in jail. Just like a birdie. <laughs> I just wanna fly free. So high. He wrote that shit too. Yeah. Ugh. In the fed case. It don't look good for him. All right. Man, you gonna have to have, you know, hands across America with these women's. You don't have to. They don't have to. You know, start a collection. You don't have to get a GoFundMe for the Robert Kelly. Uh, I really did do that shit. Legal fund. Yeah, it don't look good. Well, for why the is the feds man. even interested in him? This is terrible. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's. He, we thought he was fucked. We thought he was next. I didn't. We, I didn't. I thought he was gonna get out of it. Now the feds now looking at this shit. Yeah, it's a different. Fed cases are different. Yeah, no. Human trafficking. Which really could mean that he was in a car. Yeah. With Delicious and Tata Delicious. And drove across state lines and stuff like that. And might have pulled the Kodak Black and got fucking lost. Drove over the line and came back. Well, that's human trafficking. Yeah. yeah. Kodak Black. Apparently this nigga just gave like some money to a school from laptops. Is he uncanceled? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean that's basically what he did. I mean, I I can try to see it nicer, but nigga, some money, and some kids, and some scoops, some laptops. Well, it wasn't even a lot of money. It's hmm? funny how you said is he uncanceled. That's what I'm laughing at. No, the whole shit. I mean, is that is we straight now? I don't know. I, I'm gonna lean toward no. I mean, shit, you gonna claim on his taxes? Oh shit. <laughs> Oh man, but you know what? That tax thing—that's that's a trick. The answer is he uncanceled or not? I don't know. I don't. Was he ever canceled? He's not on my playlist, but that's your... not gonna get him back on it. <laughs> Did you buy some computers for kids? You know what? I think I have. <laughs> I think I did donate some laptops or at least an iPad 
Oh, okay. Another cool. tablet. So yeah, I'm, neighborhood I'm, I'm neighborhood like, Kunta. Black. Neighborhood Kunta. Exactly. Like nigga, you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm only more. I'm... He did something okay. more than nothing. All right, let me let me let me do it this way. Okay. Kodak Black. Man, if you if this was motivated to do right, to do good for for some people, for some people who don't have. That's good, man. That's good. He's a good man for doing that. That's a good thing. I'm going to need you to keep doing things like that, though. And maybe pay attention to your lyrical content and what you're telling people to do. That's what I'm going to need from you, Kodak Black. If you're not going to do that shit, then, you know, it's a nigga that gave some some kids a few computers for yeah. a tax write-off. Yeah. That's not Nipsey shit. That's not gangsta. That's not some Nipsey shit. Do better. Anyway, so, uh, well, keep on keeping on, but you can do more. You know what else could do more? The game, man. The game donates its time, I guess. Uh, if you listen to this, well, we want to be honest, like it's been a very, send a very special happy birthday to his feather, fellow white-skinned brethren, Mr. Chris Brown. Go ahead, be honest. Wish me a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Chris Brown. I didn't fuck even know you, Chris Brown. I didn't even know it was his birthday. It's his birthday and still fuck Chris Brown. You know, this nigga is still in Rihanna's DMs. So? You his, wouldn't be in Rihanna's DMs? She posted some Fenty shit. That nigga was in there saying, saying <laughs> how about some new music? You know what's filed about that shit? What? He did it the same day. It's supposed to be real girls bir- uh, is having a birthday. So you're telling me you smashed Rihanna back in the day. You're not going to be in her DMs every opportunity you get to see if you can smash again? Okay, I'm not talking about just DMs. He was in her public mentions. Oh, that's God not, knows that's he's doing the DMs. Yeah. He's just sending dick pic after dick pic in the DMs, probably. Probably. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so so he got a girl. She looked exactly like Karuchi. Karuchi? K. K-Tran. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Karuchi. Karuchi? I don't know, man. Karuchi! Anyway, um, she looks exactly like Karuchi, only if Karuchi were more... More? Bigger? More bigger? A regular-sized person. Okay. Because Karuchi is really tiny. Right. Uncomfortably tiny. Right. Yeah. Uh, So that's his steez. So he wished her, I think that same day or the day before... Happy birthday after shooting a public shot in Rihanna's DMs. I mean, Rihanna's actual public mentions. That's ballsy, man. You know what else that shows? Who the best is. No fucking remorse. Oh, for what? Anything. Come on, man. Get over that shit. What are you saying? So, I say to say this. So, one of his, Chris Brown's fellow musicians wanted to Give him his flowers while his Nipsey was still alive. So what if I were to tell you that one of Chris Brown's contemporaries, his colleagues, a fellow giant, someone just as big as Chris Brown and about his age, said, compared Chris Brown to a little bit of Michael Jackson, mix a little bit of Tupac. Would you be surprised? No, that sounds about right. You know who compared him to Michael Jackson and Tupac at the same damn time? Who? 
your good friend Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're best pals. I thought Bieber was like, you know, going in like drug rehab or some shit. Isn't that, that's the last I heard. I don't know. That's accurate, though. You don't think that's accurate? Okay. Tupac was a fake gangster. Chris Brown's a fake ga- fake blood. It's the same shit. They both dance real good. Michael Jackson and him. He did the little lean shit at the one of the award shows. Michael Jackson did the little lean shit. Only thing that's different is Chris Brown can do a backflip on stage. That's the only difference. I, I never knew seen Pac couldn't do a backflip on stage. He was Mike. hired as a dancer. To my MJ. Yeah, I know. You're right. He was a dancer for Digital Underground. But um, the, and how you know MJ couldn't do a backflip? No, MJ knew clearly a backflip. In, by the late by the mid nineties, he couldn't. Too yeah. much dancing. But before that, how do you know? Uh, I never seen him do a backflip. Backflip. If you can do a backflip, you're letting people see that shit. Maybe. You have you, know, you have Joe you ever known somebody? You really come on, we're not gonna do this. You really think that at, at no point in his dancing career never. MJ was capable of a backflip. Name the kid in high school that did could do a backflip that didn't show everybody could do a backflip anytime there was an assembly. MJ was homeschooled. <laughs> Whatever. He did that shit and just like, hey. Don't do that shit again. For you break your neck, boy. And he didn't do it anymore. Let me rephrase. He didn't get caught doing it again. Right. Him Often. and Bubbles used to do backflips together. Man, I'm still fucked up over this whole Bubbles. You know, Michael Jackson beating Bubbles like a man. <laughs> I can imagine that shit, too. But anyway, long story short, you know, fuck you, Bieber. You, what you, Bieber, what you need to focus on is one day at a time and your sponsor. You're out here trying to tell the culture that Chris Brown is, is you know, comparable to Michael Jackson and Tupac. Michael Jackson and Tupac is legends. Legendary shit. Well, at least one of those is a legend. No one agrees with you. Biggie's mama don't agree with you. Chris Brown, on the other hand, is like... Not a legend? You don't think Chris Brown is legendary? Here's what I'd say. Is Chris Brown a superstar? Yes, he yes, he's legendary. He's a superstar. But he's not he could have been at those levels had he not done what he did. True. Easily. True. Facts. And because he did what he did, even when he's at when he is at that level, if he's allowed to be at that level, we're gonna pretend he's not. Okay, I see that. Cause he's been selling albums ever since. I mean, he's still living. He's still out there uh, doing whatever the fuck he wants to do with no no real consequences. You know, he had that little thing in, in France that worked out. Sexual harassment charge, he got dropped. But anyway, long story short, you know, Bieber's got better things to focus on. You know, Bieber, if you put that focus on being sober and Chris Brown, if you put that focus on not being the shithead, you know what could happen, be honest? What? They might name a street after them. Nope, they don't do that for that. That's that's only for federal agents and agents of change. Oh, really? Yeah. What about for say uh, a certain martial arts clan from the hills of Shaolin and the five boroughs in D- in uh, New York, particularly one one specific borough, not the five. Shaolin is located no, nowhere but Staten Island. They got a street name after them. Listeners, I'm talking about the legendary, world-renowned, locally known, universe-accepted, even more than be honest, Wu-Tang Clan. They got a street named after them in Staten Island. Oh, wow. And none of them are dead. Well, 
Sorry, ODB, my bad. God, yeah, he's dead as a motherfucker. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, but yeah. You know, rapping wasn't a strong suit. Yeah, much. there wasn't much that was his strong suit, apparently. He was there to add color. Right, he was Flavor Flav. Yeah. But they had a street named after him, that's cool. That is pretty fucking cool. I mean, um, you know, he had a street named after him, and, you know, without tragedy... Jesus, there's no way to say this. Look, Nipsey Hussle got a street name, but got an entire square named after him, but at the cost of his life. I don't want that shit. Right. The Hootang Clan got a street named after them, and most of them niggas are still alive. That's the point. At least they sold records. Like, you know. See, this is how it sounds on some of your other podcasts with a particular friend of yours that's on the podcast. When he tries to tell us, he forces a joke and it goes nowhere. That's kind of how I feel. Oh, that wasn't a joke. See, still feels the same. Anyway, segueing, um, I'd like to uh, give my condolences condolences to the uh, John Singleton family. It's been rough out here in L.A. We lost another giant out here and um, died at 51. He had a stroke. Had a massive stroke, and the family decided to take him off life support, and he's gone. And she said, "Well, who fucks John Singleton?" Well, you're an idiot. But if you really don't know, Boys in the Hood—that's his first project. He was Grammy nominated. Sorry, he was nominated for Academy Award. I think he was about 24. One of the youngest producers of all time. I'm not sure. He's either tied with—he's probably tied with Orson Welles. But in any event, so he was nominated for an Academy Award at a time when it wasn't fucking cool at all to talk about inclusion. But someone said, oh, you got to see this work he's created. Basically, everybody that's famous in black Hollywood, take some of your favorite stars, you won't go too far down before you hit somebody that got put on by John Singleton. What's the last black Academy Award winner? Was it a Regina, Regina King, right? Mm-hmm. No idea. Voice of... Voice God of God damn it, be honest... Voice of Riley, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know her name's Regina. Regina Paul? King. Regina King. Yeah. Regina King. Yeah, she was put on uh, by John Singleton. I forget her movie. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. She wasn't in Fishburne. Boys in the Hood? Got was she over. like a sister or something? Was, hmm? No, she wasn't a sister in Boys in the Hood. She might have been. She was in 227. Can't talk about that. <laughs> talking about working movie actors. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Ice Cube. Ice Cube learned a lot from Mr. Singleton. Yeah. He'll tell you himself. Yeah. Um, he's the reason Tyrese is actually eating today. Just the Lord knows, nobody's buying his fucking music. Are you kidding? Uh, Tyrese is a dope artist. He was. You, you're, you're just saying stuff. That's okay. Go ahead. Continue. You're just saying stuff. Okay, be honest. What's the, what's the last great Tyrese album you remember? Go. Uh, Black Rose. The song Shame was a hit. 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 Nigga, that shit didn't move units. Are you kidding? That Shame record was a smash hit. Women love that record. You on some really underground shit. That is not mainstream at all. <laughs> okay. It's but not. It's not mainstream. All right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. That was a smash hit. Women love that record. What's the demographic of people that love Tyrese's last album? 
Well, okay, for that that particular, we're talking about that single or the record. You said I'm talking about that I, record. You can pick either you want, whichever is more in your favor. Give me okay. the age demographic. That, that record is probably I would say women twenty nine to fifty. Okay, and that twenty nine to fifty, what race are those women that are listening to this album, this type of music? Black. Is it was on the pop charts? It, no, it's urban urban adult contemporary, but it was a it was a smash hit. There are there are charts that aren't aren't top forty. You know that, right? Those charts they don't have to be the hot one hundred. I'm agreeing billboard. with you. I'm saying that's not. He didn't really move units, move units. This nigga is still sorry. Is still salty because Dwayne Johnson has stole the franchise. Oh, okay. For acting, yeah. The the acting thing has you know. no. The acting thing is how he eats. Is my point. Okay, if you say so, I got you. And he got put on to be able to eat this way because, right. as you know, I read something the other day that said uh, Pharrell. For streams of Happy on Spotify, only got a check of $2,700 for some portion of his publishing. I think it might have been songwriting. I'm not sure. For Happy? So uh, I read that somewhere on the internet. Wow. Yeah. $2,700 for Happy, which is probably one of the most streamed songs ever. <laughs> but that's just a portion of his publishing. So that's, but anyway, well, my point, the point being is, Tyrese's albums are sporadic enough and don't move mass enough units. So that's not how he's going to maintain his lifestyle. So John Singleton is why Tyrese was able to be cast in your Fast and Furious franchise. Because of Baby Boy is what you're saying. As himself, yes. Okay. And I did not realize, but John Singleton actually directed a Too Fast, Too Furious. Wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, I saw that. I'm sorry. You know, he only did about 10, 10 um, movies for in his career. Yeah, but they were great movies. Most of them, most of them, most were, of them great were great movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Boys in the Hood, you know, was a once-in-a-generational project. What, Boys resonates. in the Hood was, was an awesome movie because I think that at that time, if I remember correctly, at that time, everybody was kind of, I don't I know that, it, that it's picked up again, but everybody was kind of like, they didn't know about gang culture really. If, if you weren't in LA, I'm saying. So like you're an Atlanta kid and you don't really know about gang culture that much. You just saw Colors or whatever. Like I'm trying to think of all the movies that were out before that. And so you were kind of intrigued by it. Because it wasn't something that you were used to seeing. There were no gangs in Atlanta. So that whole idea that there are black people who live this way on the West Coast was kind of intriguing. And Boys in the Hood was was like a, 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 I felt like it was an authentic glimpse into what that life was like. You know, being a, a, a teenager, a high school kid, having to grow up around that, that was kind of like a glimpse into that. So it, it, it was, that's why that movie was important. Yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of the things that you say for those that didn't live in L.A., King Kuta included at that time, you know, painted a very vivid picture. And from what I can tell, for, for most people say it was a highly accurate one. Yeah. So another thing, John Singleton also was, you know, South Central LA, born and raised, USC kid. He was a professor at USC. Um, that was his day job uh, as of late. Yeah. Uh, he also was a big supporter of another, you know, locally owned person. That would be Nipsey Hussle. So he, there's a Nipsey and John Singleton, Singleton connection. I'm sure you've seen the videos out there. He, you know, he was, a, you know, he stopped by the shop quite a few times. So he was always supporting, you know, those around him, including those from similar areas. So yeah. this is a big loss. I mean, I heard that from, I was listening to another podcast by Kevin Smith of Jay and Silent Bob fame. Uh, the, uh, and he said that John Singleton always wanted to do a comic book movie. And had been working on it for years before even Marvel picked up. And, and so this uh, person, Kevin Smith, who's a white director, 
said that one of the things that, you know, you know, that also sucks is that he knows that John never got a chance to build, to make his own comic movie. And he really wanted to do that. Apparently he wanted to bring Luke Cage to the screen. Mm. Closest he got was Shaft. And apparently he told Kevin Smith that Shaft was basically, his Shaft movie was basically Shaft as a superhero, but with no mask. So take it for what it is. In my opinion, Shaft's not great, but you know, that's not why we're here. Yeah. He's got a lot of other great movies. My favorite of his movies, most people are going to say Boys in the Hood. But the one I actually like the most is Baby Boy. Baby Boy was good. I like Baby Boy a lot. I think a part of the reason I like Baby Boy because I also assume that it's being played by Tupac. Because there's all this, there was this rumor that John Singleton wrote Baby Boy with Tupac in mind to, to play that character. Wouldn't have worked the same. It's a continuation from uh, Poetic Justice. Tyrese did a better. Poetic Justice was awful, Ty- and Tupac was awful in it. Tyrese did a good job in Baby Boy. I'm glad it was that way. Either way, that was a lot of like, you know, Bing Rams, OG Triple O G C G Six nigga named Melvin. I like that shit. Snoop Dogg was able to actually act because he was acting as you know Snoop Dogg, <laughs> 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 or at least that nigga that he was that was in his music at the time, right? And uh, you know, AJ Bill Calloway, I believe she was in it. Uh, Taraji P. Henson was Jody's loving Jody! Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother Omar Omar Gooding was yeah. in there and, and I, I that's my that's going to be my favorite because I did I mean, I'm not from California I did not grow up in California I did not grow up in gang violence so you know the, the, the movie that made its biggest mark on me and when it was more relatable to me was Baby Boy uh, so but no, you, you know, you know what missed. it was? You know what it was about Boys in the Hood to me? The what it was about Boys in the Hood to me was that scene where um he's on the police car and I think Furious comes out. Did that yep. happen? Did that happen? Uh it sounds familiar. I haven't watched it in a whole minute, but that sounds that sounds familiar. I don't remember how it ended because well, I think he's explaining to him how police, how the interaction is between young black people and police. And that's not something that Atlanta, in Atlanta, we had something called Red Dogs who were like drug task force police. And they were like really fucked up. But everybody, all the other regular police were not like that. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't know the Rodney King police type stuff. And that was something that was really, really strong in LA. The, the racist cops and the, the cops that were willing to just do anything to fuck over young black people. So that scene, I think, was just really important because again it was a glimpse into something that that most people in the world and it's definitely in the country didn't see well you know it definitely was from all all uh people that care about this and we're living in an authentic portrayal of what was happening and i think that that's one of the hallmarks of john singleton and his work is that from all of his movies at least the ones that i believe you know focus on urban issues it was an unapologetic, a very authentic look at what was going on. It's essentially very close, you know, and I actually can see why he and Ice Cube would develop a relationship. It's very close to what NWA was doing or what Ice Cube was doing with his NWA lyrics. He was trying to paint a very accurate picture of what happens every day. Whereas before John Singleton came along, you had a lot of Hollywood, you know, trying to guess at what a certain demographic does. And I believe that at that time, before John Singleton, most of the movies that we were getting were involved in people of color uh, was coming from a very East Coast perspective. I think, you know, Spike Lee was the guy. So right. a lot of things, you know, had a very uh, East Coast perspective over it. So he, John Singleton really put, you know, California 
life as it pertains to black people not just on that, the map. Not just that, though. I think Spike Lee is over most people's heads. Though, you know, he, he's more concerned with I'm not the... seeing that shit. Well, no, no, I think so. He's more concerned with the art of it. And so sometimes art goes over most people's head. Whereas John Singleton was the... Was the was the layman guy. You know, he, he's going to tell you a story that you can digest and, and, and take the right way, whereas Spike Lee is, is going to use some type of symbolism that you may or may not get or may be important or may not be important. I think John Singleton was more down to earth. Yeah, if you really think about John Singleton, like, for example, if he could work to compare him musically, what he's essentially is, is alternative music with, like, Nirvana compared to big hair bands. Okay. He's just doing something completely different than what is popular. And the thing he's doing that's completely different is authentic right. and real. Right. And it sells and it hits. So you know what happens immediately. Gotcha. They copy that shit and make everything look like it. Right. That's what happens with everything. That's, you know, every everything... You know, it's pop, it's pop, it's pop, it's popping, it's popping, it's popping. Oh, this is new. Why? Because it's different. And then they mass produce that. That's what music, movies, that's that's the culture we live in. Yeah. So, you know, he's still not notwithstanding that, notwithstanding the time period between Boys in the Hood, uh, Poetic Justice and Baby Boy, he still managed to, to still give a very raw, authentic you know, snapshot of, of, of LA life and the story he was telling. And, you know, he very much was against the grain counterculture, but he was very much a genius in, in a very similar way that Spike Lee is a genius. They just do different things. Right. In my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. So, you know, my condolences to his family. Uh, he, we, he cannot be replaced. This is another big loss for LA the same month, you know, Two giants in LA, but you know we'll we'll try to keep going on. And much like you know Tupac's music and Nipsey's music, you know John Singleton actually touched Singleton actually touched a lot of people, and a lot of people, and you know uh, will be inspired by his works that will live on forever. Unfortunately, even too fast, too furious, he'd agree with me, unless there's a set, unless there's a director's cut that hasn't come out. That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> with Bow Wow in that one? I don't know which one it was. Yeah, I think that was the one with Bow Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's the one with the white boy that wasn't connected to nothing. Yeah, the country dude. Anyway. Yeah, so, uh, all right, be honest. I know we're running long on time, and there are three issues on what you pick. All right. We can talk about um, this po police officer who killed someone that called 911 and how that case was resolved in Minnesota. Or we can talk about Trump meeting with Vladimir Putin to talk about the Mueller report and agreeing that there's no collusion. And connected to that, we can talk about Attorney General's bar, big day at Congress to testify about how he got to where he got to from reading the Mueller report. So topic two is the Mueller report. So we can either we can either talk about, you know, some schism, the Mueller report, or we can talk about social media banning people of importance 
Mm, that's a long talk. And not others. That's a long talk. Because the way I saw it, three people got banned and two of them were white. So that's a that's a longer talk, I think, and the one that we're going to disagree a lot on. So, mm, mm, at this time in the that show. That one's not going to go anywhere. That one will be just as timely next week because I guarantee you the amount of white supremacists that I can name will still have Facebook and Instagram uh, okay, well, let's just save that one. Let's make that yes. th- let's make that a, a major part of next show, and right. and because because we're probably definitely going to agree on the schism, let's just do let's talk about the Mueller and Trump thing in the pool. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Attorney General, Mr. Barr, the Barr baby, same nigga that, and getting a four hundred page report twenty four hours later was able to give us a four-page summary of said report. No collusion, no collusion, and, and did not, did not uh, prosecute on obstruction. So you've never read a 400-page book in a day? Be honest, have you read the report? I have not. Didn't think so. I've actually read the report. All 400? All 400. How long did it take you? I was able to get it done. I didn't do it in one sitting, so I was okay. able to get it done in a couple of days. Okay. But more importantly, in my day job, I oftentimes have to process material and then summarize it. Reading something is different than reading something and writing a detailed analysis, summation of what you read. Don't you think? I'd agree. So, long story short, uh, Bar, Attorney General Barr met before the Senate uh, Senate uh, Judiciary Committee to talk about the Mueller report and how he was able to get to his four-page summary that says no collusion and no obstruction, despite the fact that we have 10 instances in which uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller found that the President of the United States engaged in morally wrong behavior that just stopped short of him feeling comfortable, him being Mueller, to go after a prosecute on a crime with a beyond reasonable doubt standard. So he showed up. Be honest, how, how well do you think it went? Probably not well. It didn't go well at all, man. Yeah, I it wouldn't, did I wouldn't not imagine go it well went. at all. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris tore his ass up. Basically, she got Mueller to admit that he didn't read all the damn report. She's an attorney. He wrote the summary. She's an attorney. That's not fair. How's that not fair? What are you talking about? Because I mean, she's supposed to tear his ass up. <laughs> but she is a former state attorney general. He's the current attorney general for the entire country. Yeah, you're right. So he could not, he could, he, 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 basically, she got him to a position where it's very clear he didn't, he didn't read the entire, not just the report, but the underlying evidence. He right. didn't do a complete analysis of what was in the report, including the supporting documentation. Right. Well, that actually is a saving grace for him, if you ask me. If, she, if, if, he, could, if he could make it appear as though he didn't read it, then that gives him the um, ability to lie to the national public on television and multiple times that gives some credibility well, he didn't and lie. high ground he didn't as, lie. The pre, as the primary enforcer of this country's laws, second only to the president of the United States. Is that no, what you're saying? No, I'm saying he didn't <laughs> lie because he didn't know. 
He had he no idea. He didn't know, but he released a, a definitive <laughs> statement to the United States people. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I am. Okay. Again, from the the country's highest law enforcement agent right. under the president. Right. It's okay for him to 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 just, you know, go with a gut. Not okay. Not okay at all. Yeah. Kamala also tripped him up when she asked him uh, essentially whether or not the uh, the president had asked Barr to, to try to go after other people in connection with this report against him or to suppress it in any other type of ways. There have been any discussions about subsequent investigations. He refused to answer. He tried to play word games. Suggestion? What do you mean, suggestion? So she was very short and brief. Basically, it's like I told you listeners two weeks ago, Attorney General Barr is like Sarah Huckabee. You really... Don't have to pay attention to anything they say or do. They're just another yes person. Yeah, I believe that. So what to do when someone lies? Congress used to be a pretty serious deal. It probably, you know, they could come with charges, I would think. Definitely so would end Kam- the career at least. Yep, so Kamala Harris says he lied. Nancy Pelosi came out a few days ago and said that he's lied to Congress, he being the Attorney General, that's a crime. So we'll see what the Democrats do with that from Speaker Pelosi. So in addition to meeting before the Senate, Barr was supposed to meet with the uh, House Judiciary Committee. To be honest, after how well his interview went, and I, by the way, I'm underplaying, it was terrible. It was the terriblest performance of people. It's like in the bottom half of poor Trump uh, employee testimonies during the Trump administration. Very bad. He comes across as incompetent and evasive. No credibility. All right. So he was also supposed to appear at the House uh, committee the next day. Did he show up? No, he couldn't have. Of course not. Yeah. So now the question is, what can you do? So he's been subpoenaed to show up, and if he's not going to show up, what do you do? Well, the Congress can hold him in contempt. What does that mean? That means that they would have to either go to court to have him held in contempt and arrested, or they would have, there's someone called like a bailiff or an officer of the, there's like some sort of security person inside of the house that could literally go and arrest Attorney General General Barr. This is sad. But it has not been acted since like early in the history of the United States. This is all very sad to me. So basically Congress doesn't know what it can and should do because this doesn't normally happen. And if they go to the courts to enforce the contempt, that could take a long, long time. Because as you know, Donald Trump is fighting every subpoena to himself, his staff, and his businesses. And it's being tied up in court, probably till the elections. So the government is essentially fucking broken, to be honest. It's broken. The executive branch is openly at war with the judicial, uh, with the executive, uh, with the uh, congressional branch. They're not following anyone's rules, and they hate each other. Do you want to know why I say this is all this is very sad? Why? Because what this looks like to me is we can't get Trump, so we're just going to get everybody else. And that's what I mean. Come on, man, leave Barr alone. He was, you know, he was doing what he felt like he had to do. He's trying to. It's a, he's still- all right. Let's let's stop there. I'm not going to interrupt you because we're not going to do that. Okay. So there are ten instances in which the President of the United States engage in obstruction. By the way, be honest, the P-tape's real. You know what I'm talking about? No. 
Russia has piss tapes of Donald Trump. What do you mean? Of him peeing? No. Of him engaging in sexual activity with Russian uh, escorts in which they pee on him or whatever. So what? Uh, He doesn't want them to come out. That's also in the report. So as a result of him not wanting them to come out, people on his behalf have made several conversations and concessions to Russian officials to not have these come out. So what this means is that Vladimir Putin actually has um, leverage against our president. That's what this means. It's in, it's in the report. Read the report. It's in the report. The piss tape's real. Yeah. So we've got, aside from the piss tapes, and it's, when I say it's real, I mean that the special investigator has corroborated the existence of these tapes with the multiple sources and people, places, and things. Yeah. So we can say with 95% surety, if it made it to the report, the evidence supports it. But we can't so say with tape. but we can't say with ninety five percent. We can't say that he doesn't want them to come out. Like he's doing stuff, he's doing things to keep them from coming out. That's just what you speculated. So yes, we can say that with ninety five percent, we're sure. Be that, honest, why did he talk with Vladimir Putin about the Mueller report? This happened about four days ago. You think he talked about some P tapes? That's what he talked to him about. Well, I don't know why else he'd be talking to Putin without Putin referencing the tapes. So you're you're saying that the only reason Donald Trump and Putin have a have a, to talk to each other is about a, a couple of pee tapes where women peed on No, him. what I'm saying is I don't know why Donald Trump will be talking to Vladimir so, Putin so what? You about don't know. the contents none, none of, the of your Mueller bu- report, none of your business. Which was primarily commissioned not to find pee tapes but evidence of Russian collusion. So how do you, you know, know they were President talking about Trump the Mueller said report? About his conversation with, with Vladimir Putin. How do you even know they were talking about the Mueller report? Because he said so. Who's he? Donald Trump. Okay, again, how do you Two days know, ago on again, the news, again. I talked to Putin about the Mueller report. Right. We and, both agree there's no collusion. And so what you're saying is because he talked about the Mueller report, it had to have been, been about some tapes of him getting peed on. Which no, to me, I don't... He's talking to the Mueller report because he knows that Vladimir Putin has things on him. And he, it was a point of... It was a, it was a critical point of contention between him and and Putin to talk about the effect of this report. So, because they have a good idea of a lot of the shit that's in the report. So you're telling me that a person who is being accused of, of collusion and doing things in, with, that are within this Mueller report is going to tell you that he went and talked about the Mueller report because he tr- had to talk to him about some P-tapes and or other things. That, now, let me do this way. A person who's accused of collusion uh-huh. met with a person they're accusing of colluding with, right. and they both have agreed that they were not colluding. Works That's for me. what I'm saying. It works for me. Why, why would he tell you that? You, <laughs> you think it's like... We've agreed. We did not collude. You think it's like a Jedi mind trick? He, I don't think he's that smart. I'll also tell you something else. So uh, President, the Trump administration is pushing back against security protocol protocols to prevent Russia from influence the 2020 election. Are you shocked? I'm not. No. I'm not shocked. But one of the key things from the Mueller report is that despite the fact that they were not able to find conspiracy between uh, Donald Trump specifically and Russian agents, was because, quite frankly, they, Trump, and the Trump organization, the Trump, no, Trump and the Trump uh, political um, uh, campaign wanted the Russians to help them. The Russians wanted to help them. But the higher you go up, the dumber you get, and they were unable to get said help 
in right. a very in a reasonable, clear, black and white manner from the Russians. Right. So we know he wanted help. Yeah. We know they wanted to help, but they were not efficient enough to actually really link up the help. So what you're saying is a presidential campaign, um, a, excuse me, a pre- presidential candidate really wanted to win. Got you. So he conspired or wanted to conspire with the biggest enemy to this country of the last 50, 55, 60 years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know what the hell those guys do when they're trying to win. They do a lot of shady shit, though, if you ask me. I don't Including think- conspiring with the people. The, the primary reason why, you know, we fight many of the wars we do in the last 50 to 60 years. Primary reason why, as I sit here today talking to you, there is a, there's a battery of nuclear warheads pointed at my portion of this coast. Right. There might be some submarines off the coast of me that, you know, they, while they don't have a hammer and sickle, Right. Or USSR, they are Russian subs. Right. So yes, no, I have a huge fucking problem, as you probably should, being a veteran, with a, a political candidate, someone who's never served, trying openly, wanting, hoping, wishing, can't figure out to make it happen for our sworn enemies to help them rig an, uh, win an election, because our sworn enemies have determined you are the best person that we'd like to be president. Do you have a problem with any of that? I'm not a sworn enemy to Russia. You're not? No. Okay, Muhammad Honest. Uh, Muhammad Honest. Okay. <laughs> Muhammad so Honest. this is, this is uh, you know, <laughs> what are you saying? You're not a sworn enemy to Russia. Like, like, and then next you're going to tell me what did Russia ever do to you? You're right, Beyonce. I don't know what Russia did to you. <laughs> I got you, man. That's funny. I don't know. You know, I, don't, I, I know some Ukrainians. I know a few Russians. But in any event, so the upshot of all this is that Mueller figured out that he was not going to be able to indict partially because Mueller is not the attorney general. Right. What does that mean? It means Mueller is not his boss. His boss is the attorney general. He threw out. You know who appoints the attorney general? The fucking president. Yeah. So Mueller Mueller figured out. Why did he know that? The person that's going to make this decision is going to be the person that's been appointed by the you know by the, the individual number one who's you know suspected in all this. Why do you know that so two he years punished ago? This. He punished this over to Congress because our Constitution and our articles have a method for dealing with this exact situation. It's called impeachment. The problem is the rules about impeachment and this situation never contemplated that we would be gang-banging with political parties in 2019. You can ride red, I'm going to ride blue. Fuck me, Noah's fuck you. We have the mechanism to fix this. Mueller, a stickler for the rules, was hoping that Congress would be able to be just work at a basic level to get done what's done. He laid out 10 specific instances. He gave them how to do it. Not in the judiciary branch, not through the DOJ, but through the political branch. You still get to the same place. Don't know what this Congress is going to do. Crazy Joe's surging to about 27%. Bernie bros are saying that these are fake polls. Kamala Harris has dropped to about third or fourth. 
her and Beto O'Rourke switch around as far as percentage points with uh, potential Democratic voters. I don't know what's going to happen. Trump get reelected. You know what else Trump could do? He could say, I'm not going. Then what, be honest? Then what? He's not going like leaving the office? I said what I said. Man, get out of here, man. That's Come on. <sighs> Can we write this down? Yeah, write, a show note. Write it down. May 5th, 2019, Beyonce would not even want to entertain the idea that what if Trump were to lose and simply say, nah. <laughs> oh, fake man. polls, fake votes. Nope. Fake votes. Oh, my God. Fake votes. Nope. Yeah. Think about what he's done. Yeah. He's saying, fuck all of your subpoenas. No. Why? Because reasons make me. The rule of law. The rule of law is under severe attack. And we're just watching this shit. Waiting for an adult in the room. I don't know if it's coming, man. I have nothing else to say about it. You got nothing to say? Nothing to say. There's no rule of law. I don't know if that's true. I think that that, that there's some bending going on. I think the rules are still there. There's a little bending. What, what rules, man? Remember, <laughs> the people that told Trump no about all the fuck shit that Robert Mueller could charge, he fired all them motherfuckers right. before he figured out they weren't doing the shit he was telling them to do. Yeah. So you're laughing at this idea of, of if, if he loses the election, him simply saying fake polls, fake votes. No, I didn't. What part of that would be uh, out of character for the commander in chief you've been under for two years? Oh, no, that's that's perfectly in line with the kind of shit he's been pulling. So why are you pretending like this is like a, some shit I just made up in my mind? Yeah, I don't think it'll go that far, though. I think that he's going to get reelected anyway, so it won't matter. And if he's reelected again, you want two more years of this? Um, again, I tell you that the past two years for me have been no different than any other two years of my life. I don't understand why you see it so, so you know, red. I don't see red. The president of the United States, the holder of the highest job in this country, has told over 10,000. 10,000. Clearly, patently, easily, easily disprovable lies. Yeah. Shouldn't I've, we I've, want I've, more for the higher office job? Shouldn't we want some moral, some ethics? That, is that too much? Yes, because there, there have never been morals or ethics anywhere around the White House. I don't know what country you've lived in for your entire life, but I've never seen an honest president. I've never seen one that was on the up and up all the time. I've never seen it, and I'm not making excuses for Trump. I'm telling you the whole system has always been fucked up, and it's never really, really served me, and it's not serving me now. I don't see a difference in 2019 than I saw in 2009. I'm not agreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but we should still do something. Why? If it if it's no different, what's the if if I feel no different than I did in 2009, What's the point of me wasting my energy trying to affect change in the White House when really, to be honest, it didn't matter who I voted for anyway. Had Hillary got there, it wouldn't have mattered. 
This is this is a game that this is a game I, that I we don't disagree. Remember all those children we talked about? Which children? That were a long time ago about them being separated. Uh huh. It's about at the border. At the border. Uh huh. Well, there have been documents out of the White House where they have now admitted that they really have no idea how to reunite these children with their parents. They shouldn't been. They shouldn't have been here. That's not the point. You pulled you pulled children away from parents. They shouldn't have been here. I don't, I don't and know. not only did you pull them away, you then sent them away to I, other places. I equally, so many places that you've now lost track of thousands yeah. of children. I equally blame the parents and the government. Equal equal blame though. It's not more blame for the government. Equal blame for the parents who put their kids in this position and the government who took them away. What and I'm no telling idea. you is one difference between what likely would have happened under a Hillary Clinton presidency, mm-hmm. who actually did win the election. If you say so. Well, you know, she has literally three million more popular votes. Popular votes don't we win know the, We know the Russians affected the election. We know that some states didn't even know until they were told last year, late, that their elections were that their elections were affected. Their their voting was affected in those states. I think it was so bad. I mean, hell, Trump didn't even think he was going to win. I think it was so bad with the Russian influence in the election that they can't tell us, or everyone would lose faith in a similar way that you have, and that their vote matters. It's entered. In my opinion, it's going to enter some alien shit. Now they can't tell us what happened. Right. Because so they tell us what happened, nobody, you know, people won't give a fuck about voting. Yeah, but, but yeah, it still feels like win. 2009 to me. Even after all that you said, and I agree with probably, it still feels like 2009 to me. Except banks aren't getting bailed out right now, which is what was happening in 2009. Well, I'll tell you what's different from 2009. Hate crimes up 200%. Uh, when, when, and everywhere they want to make America great again. I don't know if that's true. I, I haven't seen any hate uh, crimes in my neighborhood. I, well, I don't know you hood. I'll tell you something else. The President of the United States routinely uses hate speech. I don't know that that's true either. I think that people can spin things to, to look like whatever they want them to look at. Like, I'm sure that people could take my words and call me Representative out. Stephen King of the GOP party is a known white supremacist. I don't even know who that is. I see all this to say But that I'm sure he didn't just get into both office. Both those individuals still have access. Well, but I'm saying, did Stephen King Facebook, just... Facebook, Instagram, just become, and did, Twitter. Did you Steve, know who doesn't? Did because Stephen he's King been labeled be, a threat. Did Stephen King just become a public servant? I doubt that. No. So you know who wasn't and was labeled a threat? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We're going to save that for next week. That's your threat. Not your, not your president. Talks about the rapists and murderers coming from Mexico. Not Stephen King who talks about the inferiority of people of color or white people as a known white supremacist. The best thing that Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg and company could find were two white guys and the leader of the Nation of Islam. So yeah, we're going to have that conversation yeah. at some point. So no, it's not 2009. We've gone back a long way. Yeah, he's race. So. But you know what I'm thankful for? Through it all. Think of governors who are willing 
to pull out that Michael Jackson moonwalk at the drop of a dime. <laughs> Lord, I'm thankful for, for the wives of these governors to bring in unruly black children and remind them of how lucky they are that they're not picking cotton. I'm thankful for shows like the Game of Thrones where I got to see powerful white people. Positions of power and danger living their best lives one day at a time. And where all the brown people die within the first seven minutes of the episode. Except for the two mulattoes. They made it. <laughs> it was the white side that got them through it. But to be honest with you, I don't know how they live with themselves. Sure, be honest, it's all 2009, everything's perfectly fine. It's all the same. We're in a post-racial world. The president's black. First lady, too. Black on both sides, where nothing is black and white. <laughs>